0: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGard Plus, a foxoliner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus.
1: Choose.
2: Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere. And always home of the free maintenance for life. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you.
0: I'm always
2: high on the hog, i I'm high, well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young.
3: Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name.
2: There aren't
0: many T Y E s out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it.
3: The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Isaac thanks for waking up early with us this morning. I want to start with your former quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. How did you see him getting better throughout last season?
4: Uh, last season, you know, it was a big season for K.J., honestly. He shocked not only me, but uh, the entire world. So I just saw the hard work that he put in, you know, through the dark days that we had in the summer and the fall and going through fall camp and spring ball. I just saw him put his head down and, and work hard, and he – he got the reward of success that he worked for. So I was happy to see that for him.
3: Tyson, this is the first time your former offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, returns a starting quarterback. What kind of relationship did you see between those two develop, not just last year, but since K.J.'s been on campus with you?
4: Honestly, um, Coach Bryles is a great coach. And you know, he he's a great leader also. So I saw him believe in K.J. even when we had – Felipe, you know, of course, he always has his faith in the starting quarterback and makes that decision the right way. But I saw him stay on top of K.J. about learning. And and as a young backup, when even Felipe was there, I saw him building and, and putting everything he had into K.J. to becoming that number one guy as he knew he would. So I always saw a lot of faith that he had in K.J.
0: Tyson, give us an idea of what the culture's like. What what Sam Pittman's building? Um, what are the expectations on each individual player within the program?
4: Uh, well, you know, Coach Pittman, he he's big on trust, so he treats every young adult adult player that he has like like a like a true man. You know, he believes that we're going to do what we are expected on and off the field. You know, in and outside the building. So, there's a great culture going on over there. Yeah,
0: and when you look at you know, loyalty is another big word. He uses publicly was that how big of a of a pressing point was that you know on team conversations, individual conversations, and what did that mean within those four walls of the program? What was the expectation when the word loyalty was thrown around?
4: You know, loyalty it goes back on that trust. So he always expected us to be to handle our situations like men when we're out out about in the city, the town of Fayetteville, or on campus and in class, or like I said, in the building. So he he stood on his word and. And not too many times did he go back on that. So you always knew he would be the same person every day, and he has your back every day because that's about that's how he went about his business every day. So it was kind of it was kind of like you you felt that energy giving back from him.
0: Got gotcha. you. Last year, Traylon Burks was clearly the cast the long shadow with the wide receivers. This year, it's a little more wide open. How do you uh, you played within that with with Traylon Burks? How, what kind of adjustment was that for you as a player and? Kinda how was that set up internally when you had a player that uh was clearly the number one target?
4: I mean, everybody you you, you see the talent that Traylon has and, and the things that he done in Arkansas that they were remarkable. So like when you see such a talent and, and a highly praised guy coming through like that, you you know like this this cat needs the ball. Like <laughs> there's no if, ands or buts. So it's like it's nothing to you know say hold your tongue back or, or, or be against because it's the proof is in the pudding, man. The man needs the ball, and I enjoy watching every second of play.
3: So, We're talking with Tyson Morris, former Arkansas wide receiver, was second on the team in receiving yards and catches last year. Tyson, I've got a sense that this wide receiver room feels a little disrespected. Then you just gave some great accomplishments about Traylon Burks and your former teammate, but I think they're tired of talking about him. Do you get a sense that they feel like they have something to prove this season with the former first-round draft pick no longer with the team?
4: I mean, honestly, it's hard to say. I know those guys are working hard. I, I know that they have the faith in themselves and, and the faith from their teammates that they're going to go out and and be good ball players. But it's it's hard to like. It's not hard to, but you have to let the outsiders talk and believe what they believe and, and just believe that yourself and that, in a group that you're going to come out and be successful on the field. So I believe those guys have it. In, they they're, they're boxing out the outsiders and they're ready to ball. So.
3: Tyson, give me some insight on Kenny Guyton. He seems as a really funny guy. He's got some uh, goofy recruiting videos, and he's killed it in recruiting as of late. What can you tell us about the wide receivers coach at Arkansas?
4: I feel like Coach Guyton's a great fit for Arkansas and and what Coach Sam Pittman has going on because he's able to work within the system and also be himself in the system. So he he does everything right. He does everything Coach Pittman wants, but he's also good at being himself and, and staying stand true to his character in the wide receiver room. So he's a great fit for Arkansas, honestly.
3: Tyson, you kind of had an unorthodox way making it to Fayetteville started at central Oklahoma after Fayetteville high school. Your dad didn't play football, played basketball at the U of A. How important was it for you to end up an Arkansas Razorback?
4: Uh, yeah, just <laughs> coming up to Fayetteville in high school, you know, it's just, it's all about the Razorbacks, you know, and even in the state of Arkansas, it's all about the dogs. So, I've always seen you know saying how big how big of a stage that those players have played on and how much they mean to the state and also my mom and my dad graduated from Arkansas so it was always a dream for me to play on that field and so yeah. I kind of had my mind made up early yeah
0: Tyson what's going on with you now give us an update kind of where you're at and and, and what the you know what the future is right now for you
4: uh, so I recently was with Indianapolis uh, doing mini camp OTAs and camping all that stuff. I was released once, brought back in, released again, and it's just part of the part of the business, man. And and right now, I I feel like I've done enough to to firmly say my football career won't be over. So I feel like there's another opportunity out to me. I'll be seeing another call or just giving another tryout or whatever is next for me. I just know football isn't over for me because I I put in the work. I've opened some eyes in the NFL. So I feel like. No,
0: i have another shot here soon. That's 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 great. Hey, when we're um, thinking about Cincinnati as the first week opponent versus what has been a traditional, you know, unranked, you know, uh, directional type school, non-power five school on Arkansas' schedule, how do you think that's changed? I know you're not there this year, but how do you think that's changed the summer, the preparation, and maybe the mindset going into this first game for for, for some of your former teammates in this current roster?
4: Yeah. So I was out there in Indianapolis, out there with Alec Pierce. You know, he's a Cincinnati guy. So we've always been, we've had a couple conversations about this upcoming week. And I just know that uh, Cincinnati is a good football program. You know, they were outstanding last year. And I just feel like we got to welcome to the SEC, you know, we got to show them what the SEC is about, come out, play physical, fast and fearless and, and we'll be victorious. So
3: Tyson, I want to ask you about high school. You referenced your Fayetteville Bulldogs. I don't know if you've kept up with, and I know there's not really any of your former teammates, but uh, are you going to be able to make it back to a a game at FHS, at Harmon Field, at any point this year?
4: I have that. I I want to make it back to a Fayetteville high game, man. It's been too long, you know. I want to go see what the Bulldogs are up to. But I've I've had a few conversations with uh, Coach Casey Dick, and and I'm sure I'm, I'm going to make that happen this season, so.
3: Tyson, you made it to a state championship your senior, as did Isaiah Satania, who comes in as a true freshman. There might have been one year of overlap between you two. There might not have been. He might Mm -hmm. have still been in junior high, but you probably heard about him, watched him, or seen him at some point. What are your thoughts on the dynamic Fayetteville freshman that is on campus and hopes to play an impact as a true freshman this year?
4: Oh, yeah, man. I've heard a lot about him. I've seen him play a couple games, uh, with me talking to Coach Guyden and him recruiting him, so I just I've seen speed, speed, speed. He's had, he has great hand eye coordination, good good hands, you know, good at tracking the ball. So I see a, a future star. Honestly, I see that kid. He works hard. He's smart. You know, what I'm saying good good kid in and out of the building. So I see a bright future for Isaiah.
3: Tyson, we'll leave it there this morning. We appreciate you coming on early with us, giving us some thoughts on this football team this year, kind of where you are in life, and uh, hope to get a chance to, to catch yeah. up with you. And best of luck with whether it's Indy or whatever NFL team you continue to progress with moving forward.
0: I appreciate you guys, and have a great morning. Go go, Hawks, baby. All right, good to hear from Tyson Morris this morning. Remember his dad? He, it might be a little bit before your time. Isaiah, Isaiah Butch Morris, one of the... Uh, one of the names that, uh, you know, from from some of Nolan's heydays. So uh, fun to catch up with Tyson. I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, I hope uh, hopefully he catch on, get on a practice squad, hang around and make a roster spot someday there in the in uh, fulfill history. Hey, we're brought to you by the Kevin Hickey Law Partners, whether you're building a home, remodeling a home, going through some kind of contract issue, whether you're the homeowner or you're the contractor. We know that things can get sideways be at odds, maybe end up in a courtroom. If you need a good lawyer to represent you from your corner, that's Kevin Hickey and Brad Hull. They have the experience you need. They understand breach of contract. They understand negligence. They understand non-payment and other issues. So if you need an experienced attorney to take care of a breach of contract or a non-payment situation, whether it's remodeling a home or another business matter, give Brad or Kevin a call today. 479-434-2414 in the River Valley, 802-6560 is the number in Northwest Arkansas. You're probably driving, couldn't write those down, so just remember KevinHickeyLaw.com. That's KevinHickeyLaw.com. Back to the phone lines. We
3: were having a conversation about Albert Pujols last segment, and Danny in Russellville wants to get his two cents on it. Good morning, Danny.
5: Good morning, guys. Uh, Last night, Albert started at first base against a right-hander. Normally, they're not playing him against right-handers, but I think Ollie's trying to get him a few more at-bats. And I believe that home run was off a right-hander. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're they're trusting him more. And really, since uh, the all-star break, he's hitting probably as good as anybody in the league. So I look for him to get some more at-bats. As far as him coming back to his first love, St. Louis, there was no need for him to ever leave St. Uh, thank- St. Louis offered him, I believe, seven years, a pretty astronomical amount. But him and his agent decided they wanted ten years. Now, if Albert had to do over again, I'm sure he would have took the seven years, and then you take it year by year like Adam Wainwright. He's one-year contract, one after another. And uh, I feel like if he plays enough, he can get to 700. I certainly hope he does. But you know Freddie Freeman, his agent, he fired him because he did not tell him the offer that the Brave had made, and he just now he found out about it a few months ago, and he fired him. Freddie Freeman didn't want to leave the Braves, but these agents get involved, and they they see dollar signs, and I just I just think if Albert would have been thinking it through. He would have retired a cardinal, but that's water under the bridge. And I sure hope he gets seven hundred. Go Cardinals,
0: go Hogs. Thanks, Dan. It was off a of lefty last night, but uh, so his six hundred ninety fourth. But hey, horse racing, stock market, and probably baseball. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and more clear than, in those sports than any other sport. But you, you know, there's no mulligans in uh, baseball.
3: Here's the deal: if I'm an agent. And it's more the big dogs, right? It's the Jimmy Sextons and all of his entourage and the people that he runs in coats with. They see not only the the bigger salary that you can get in Los Angeles, New York, now Dallas. Dallas is now a top five giant city in the United States. They see the marketability and the endorsements. And while Atlanta is still a major hub, it's not Los Angeles. And I don't know because I know that isn't, because there were some comments, I think Doug Gottlieb is the one that made the comments that now Freddie Freeman's agent is suing Doug Gottlieb for making the comments that he said. I don't know 100% what happened on that. It just sounds like that, as you just said, Danny, Freddie Freeman was not told about the Atlanta offer and it sounded like that he wanted to stay more. These agents, though, as you just said, they want to put their clients in not only situations where they can make more money on the contract, but also endorsements, bigger cities, more marketability and all that. Some guys just don't like that though. Mike Trout, for example, lives in Los Angeles or not lives in Los Angeles, plays for the Angels. He's one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball. And he doesn't he's not like a huge nightlife guy. That's just not his thing. Some guys are just not built like that. Some are. Some are Shaquille O'Neal and they're the life of the party, which is great. But some guys, even in bigger markets, they're not less necessarily like quote unquote thriving in the Non football, basketball, baseball
0: activities. But for Albert, that's not what this season's about. He's paying playing for like what two and a half million bucks. He came back home for this. This is about a good feeling. And when you know, basically every home game I mean, in St. Louis, as far as percentage of sold tickets is, um, it's one of the tops in baseball every year. I mean, it's a it's a destination across the Midwest for people to take church groups and work groups and family vacations, and I mean, go on and on. Anytime you go to a ball game there, and it's it's somewhat the same, but it seems like even more so at St. Louis where they're welcoming, you know, this church group and this school there. And, you know, people make a point to go to St. Louis. It, it's a, um, you know, it, it's a, it, what is it? It's not point of focus in the way I want to say. It's kind of like a center of gravity, if you will, for uh, for people to spend weekends and, and uh, trips. So, you know, Albert Pujols is a huge role. And. Uh, I can just tell you, early on, when, when you knew he had signed and you knew he was going to play, we looked for some tickets in late September to maybe time it out to see his last game. And they were outrageously expensive. And there's a ton of fan interest for this. And I think it's only going to get ramped up even more as he chases this historic number. But uh, I understand the agent angle and all of that, um, trying to get more money, bigger markets for money outside of baseball. But that none of that has anything to do with Albert this year. It's all about... Um, planting his his legacy in history with 700 home runs.
3: Well, a guy that wants to plant his legacy in the state of Arkansas is Sam Pittman. He has been very vocal and out he's been out there and saying this is where i want to retire this is where i want to spend the duration and the rest of my career as a head football coach he was with the media yesterday talking about this cincinnati game yes week and this week and we referred to the depth chart earlier here's what he had to say about the cornerbacks and where it is right now overall Clark,
1: we you know we feel like he's played the most consistent of that group, and then I think we're still we're trying to find out exactly what we're going to do, whether it be Day Day or whether it be McLaughlin or whether it be Chavis. To be perfectly honest with you, we're still trying to figure that out. We obviously know they're all going to play and things of that nature, but we're we're still trying to figure out who's going to run out there with the ones.
3: How many people printed out depth charts yesterday and have them in cubicles or looked at them, glanced at them, and that- said? Because I had a bunch of, I mean, that was all our group messages were discussing yesterday. Is the Razorback football depth chart? That's I all think people it was. your age
0: had a printer anymore, unless it worked. all it was is the group text. is printed screenshot, out the I
3: screenshot and all that. I, I have, and there's certain factions of the people that I run with that have some old school traits to them when it comes to rosters and stuff like that. Because a lot of them still work in cubicles, <laughs> and so they will do stuff like this. That's been going on for 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. But that was something that was a big talking point oh, amongst yeah. my the, friend group it's, yesterday.
0: It's the water cooler conversation. And, uh, again, there, you know, if you've watched and paid attention, and I know we watch a little closer than, than most, but not a lot of surprises on the offense. A few questions answered on the defense. And, you know, pretty much you knew exactly what was going to happen. Some of this is about health and who's ready to go. Some of this is about a job like a corner that he just talked about a minute ago. Uh, And what coach was saying, that's, you know, a job still up for grabs. But what would you say? 19 or 20 of the 22 starting spots on both sides of the ball? We could have penciled those in probably a week ago. I mean, it was, you know, other other than an injury, other than something that was physically going to keep someone off the field, there wasn't a ton of intrigue and surprise in what was released yesterday.
3: I offensively, yes, I was a little more curious on defense. I, I outside so the only the only thing that stood out to me on offense is Landers is over Keetron Jackson. I thought Keetron might have had that position, but that's the only one on offense. And maybe Jaden Wilson as the second guy behind Warren Thompson. That's the guy that Sam Pittman was in a press conference earlier this year and was like, No one knows who you are, dude. Just keep doing what you're doing. You'll step up and he's as a second guy in the depth chart right now, he seems to be doing what he's doing as a freshman. So that's the only, and maybe Nathan backs over Hudson Henry. Offensively, defensively though, is a little more murky. I'd say is that a fair assessment well, on I think my the, part?
0: De- the defensive line, you're trying to figure out you know who who's healthy and who's ready to go. That second corner that's been up for grabs. Who was going to edge out that spot? It was Ladarius Bishop um, who gets that spot. You felt really good that. Uh, Hudson Clark, just based on everything that that we were learning and hearing last week, was going to be the corner on the other side. Um, inside, I mean, you, you felt really good about. I mean, Terry Hampton was a question mark because of health and whether or not he would be one of those inside techniques. Isaiah Nichols was probably the one you were most confident about along that defensive front as far as the inside guys. So, um, and then linebackers were set. You knew at safety you were set with. With Catalan, you knew you were set with Blair. Uh, and the nickel was Miles Slusher. Some of those that, you know, probably from the early days of camp. Uh, in some of those spots, you you, you knew Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders were going to be your linebackers. You knew Jalen Catalan, and most likely, Blair was going to be your safety. He, he talked a lot about Miles Slusher and what he's brought to the table. So, yeah, you know, I'd say two or three spots at most, there was maybe some intrigue in what comes out yesterday. Now, this is depth chart number one. Let's see what happens in a game. All they've had to evaluate is practice, hitting each other, all the old cliches. Let's, let's look up and compare next week or maybe compare by the A&M game, hang on to this one, tape it up in the cubicle, and let's see what, what differences we may see by the time you go to Arlington. Because I'm, you know, just not only from an injury standpoint, but I think just someone winning the job, putting something else on tape, I think you may see a few changes. I think when you look at it, the other interesting thing to me is you can clearly see... We were talking yesterday about the, the gap in the experience Of the offensive line, you can see the next line coming just based on who the number twos are. But you know, you got a lot of they're all juniors and seniors starting, and you don't have a lot past Tykees Crawford. You got Jalen Saint John as a sophomore, and then you got a lot of young freshmen. So the next wave of your offensive line, hopefully, will get some run this year because uh, I think when you look at the depth, and you look at in those number two spots, how many freshmen there are there. Um, it t- it kind of tells you where you're at from an experience standpoint. You need some of these young guys that are going to be the next wave on your offensive line, like Chamblee, uh, guys like that, to get get some experience. Harris, th- those young guys. So Alabama, this two year, toss the other one. If I remember
3: correctly, Alabama returns eighteen or nineteen starters this past. It's insane. Yeah, it was it's a not, rebuilding year for them yeah, last year. It's if you not. It's not good. <laughs> It's not good at all. But where do you think Arkansas is compared to other SEC West schools that they'll have to play every single one of them? You think there's more question marks on Arkansas? You think there's about the same? Less? When each coach, when Jimbo, when Lane, when Brian, when all these dudes are looking at their roster and they're looking up and down and say, I got questions here, I got questions there. I'm pretty, pretty rock solid with this group or this group. Where do you think Sam is relative to the other guy's and looking at his roster right now, heading into game one, which in most cases is a more difficult game than every single other SEC West opponent, where do you think that is setup-wise
0: for this football team relative to others? Well, I don't know that you're going to get a public answer filled with honesty on that. He's not going to tell you, But see this guy, I'm starting over here at this spot. I'm I'm really nervous about that. I don't think he's going to tell you that. that you'll know that when there's a change at that spot after a game or two. But, uh, I think we're so hyper focused. There's probably not a lot of tons tons of questions here compared to everywhere else because we're probably we're not as hyper focused on Ole Miss or LSU or some of these other spots. So, but as far as a coach telling you, hey, you know, we got a lot of work to do here. The only thing he's really been open about here lately is specialist, and he's got a lot of orgs there. And still not sure on punter, who's going to be the long-term punter. Um, few ors in, in, in those categories. And then that second corner spot are the areas where, I don't know that it's, he's not framed it in a way that, hey, I'm, I'm worried we don't have anyone that can play the position. It's, you know, we we got to see who's going to win the job ultimately. Well, I would
3: point to, if I had to compare this, Lane Kiffin is the, of the four quarterback battles we saw in the West. Finley is getting the go at Auburn. Haynes Keene is getting the go at Texas A&M. We don't know between Altmire and, I almost said Corral. We don't, don't know between Altmire and Dart at Ole Miss. So that's the, that's kind of, and who's the other one that I'm missing? LSU, LSU. LSU is not named Jaden Daniels, even though it looks like Jaden Daniels is going to be that starter. <laughs> Your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE BLEAV50. That's BELIEVE BLEAV50. Bet online where the game starts.
0: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank, we are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest
6: Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional
0: financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.
2: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories.
3: Sam Pittman gave us some updates on injuries yesterday, including the status of Brady Latham and Jaden Hazelwood, who both should be ready for Saturday, he said I think they're going to get them back yesterday and get Devin Manuel back Backup offensive lineman for Arkansas. Now, the injury that most of you have been wondering about is the status of running back Dominique johnson
1: we're going to try to add to his reps today i think we need to do some cutting with him where he we're not telling him you know where in other words go to that cone and take a right go to this cone and take a left i think we've got to do some things where uh, he's catching the ball out of the backfield not i don't want him involved in possibilities of guys on the ground inside and things of that nature not the first day we'll we'll try to progress that but somewhere he can catch the ball and have to make a move off of a defender
0: you think he plays saturday Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound to me. I mean, you know, I'm just reading into that quote, but doesn't sound like they have a lot of trust that physically he's at where he needs to be with lateral movement. um, But this hole may be a decoy. Is that that gamesmanship. It it could all be coach speak, and, and maybe he gets a handful of carries. The question is, will he be a feature back? Because last week, that's exactly how he was described by Sam Pittman was, you've got Rocket Sanders, and when Dominique's healthy and back, he's a feature back as well. So... I don't expect in game 1 if he uh, if, if he appears to have feature back numbers which would be what 10 or 12 closer to 15 carries you know pushing 100 yards that to me are feature back type attempts and numbers you know the, the really good ones in the right game plan get 20 carries um, I don't think you're going to see anything close to that just based on how limited he is in practice if you can't practice you generally can't play that much the depth
3: chart came out for offensive defense as well we've talked about it uh, throughout the morning you can find it at ArkansasRazorbacks.com if you want to Go in there and look at that. No surprise, or I say no surprises, not really that many surprises. You've been on kind of that front this morning, Tommy, when you look at both sides. I would say more
0: defensively than offensively, that. Yeah, I'd say more clarification than than surprises. Nothing on offense stands out to you at all as far as the number ones. You could maybe talk about some of the backups and who got the number two slots. On um, the defensive side, all the names, I mean, it's not a surprise that Ladarius Bishop is the one and um, Chavis is the two at one corner and then Hudson Clark starts at the other corner. Not a surprise there. I mean, that's you know, McLaughlin is is in that mix. That could all change and get jumbled. I think you'll see all of those guys play. I think we just got clarification about where we're at right now at corner. And you made a great point earlier. Just because this is the depth chart now doesn't mean it'll be the same
3: way next week or the week after by season's in. It also doesn't even mean the guys that are on the ones in the depth chart are going to finish out the game. You know how it mm-hmm. goes. Sometimes guys just have better games than the starter. they coming off the bench or whatever, and they get stuck in and left in at the end of the game. So I'll have to wait and see. Keep an eye on that. I know that y'all don't have your binoculars out like my grandpa used to. I'll tell you what is probably the most soothing thing to me inside of Donald W. Reynolds Rays' Stadium. My grandpa... Uh, the late Daddy Joe used to do the radio headset, yeah, and with the antenna up, and he had his binoculars out. So he'd listen to, <laughs> it, it, you, it, he'd listen to Chuck, and then he'd have his binoculars out watching the game. And it was probably the funniest thing. I always thought it was kind of goofy to do, but now when I see some older gentlemen do it nowadays, it's just it brings yeah. me back home. I bet he was listening to Paul probably more yeah, than Chuck. Paul and, and, and Chuck, because yeah. he, I told you, he had two. Two heart attacks inside of Donald W. Reynolds' Raceback stadium. stand. That guy was not missing a bleeping Mm-mm-mm. game as long as
0: he was still upright. I'll tell you what. As far as depth chart, things to still watch punter, Bauer, or Fletcher's kind of there. They think, Flet, you know, he talked yesterday. Coach did about Fletcher and how he can boom it, but they trust Reed Bauer. Uh, we know Cam Little's going to be the place kicker. Kickoffs, that's still something uh, worth watching. So, there's a few things... Uh, you might watch in the specialists that uh, I think are truly still battles at this point. I think punter is absolutely one of them. Well, that's, that's going to do it for your hog update. Brought to
3: you by Mr. Sparky. You
5: don't have to put up with any malarkey call. Ain't 8 Ain't Sparky.
3: Right, I was talking about soothing earlier. Haven't heard from this guy in a while. He's got a newborn that I think is is coming up on a year. Is that right, Kagan? Is, he, is your... Yeah. You're coming up on a year, right?
5: No, no, she's uh,
3: she's four months old right now. Okay, so it's uh, still in the early stages. How's it been going, yeah. man? How's the uh, how's that the the father life treating you?
5: Oh man, it's it's going great. She's a great. She's a good little girl, and you know she likes to eat just like every other baby does. She's getting where she sleeps all night, which is great for us, but. No,
3: I was calling it, man. I figured out where to get the KJ Jefferson
5: shirt. I was going to let y'all know that. hey yeah, man. Did you get it from? Got ones my- onesie coming. Got a <laughs> onesie for my baby coming too. That looks good, the, the, the
0: the one you tweeted at us looks like the ones that KJ's family wears. So I'm I'm guessing they've yes, got the sir. you know some place that's hooked them up with those. Yes, sir. I got I got
5: the hook up for them now.
0: I, I know where to get them. That's awesome, man. That's well, going
5: to be my game day shirt.
3: So you're going to be set up in that. Your daughter's going to be set up in that. Did you get your wife one as well? Is it going to be a home? Oh, yeah. Okay, good.
5: She's like, I don't need that. I said, well, too bad. I done paid for it. <laughs> Supposed to be here before Friday.
3: Yeah, I love it. not no, I'm sure y'all
5: are like me. You can't wait for football. Yeah. I believe we're going to have a good football game this year.
0: It might be the longest four days of our life this week, Kagan. Thanks for the call. If you don't know what Kagan's talking about, those shirts, if you've seen KJ's family on TV, it's basically just kind of a montage of pictures of KJ. It's what they'd call sub-dyed into a shirt, but it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty Mm -hmm. unique. If you're a KJ fan, that's a must-have. And
3: Kagan and uh, his family are going to be sporting them. I don't know if it's just going to be this Saturday, but I would guess it's going to be multiple Saturdays. If you remember... Kagan had a great story. He was up in Northwest Arkansas. He works for an energy company, and he messaged Traylon Burks about, or message, excuse me, messaged KJ about, hey, could you? I'm up here. Could you sign a football? KJ was kind enough to message him back, sign a football. Then he called Traylon as well, and so Kagan was just hanging out with Traylon and and KJ last year, which I thought was an awesome story, an awesome gesture on. Your, for, your current starting quarterback, and your former favorite wide receiver. So I I know that Kagan is one of the biggest Arkansas supporters out there, and I'm pumped
0: that he's uh, pumped for this season as I am. All right, so we're four days out, Arkansas and Cincy this Saturday. When you go to the stadium, you, I mean – Yes, you're going to eat at the tailgate, but don't overdo it. Because when you get inside, you're going to smell the, the, the glorious smell of CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. I was at CJ's in Russellville on Saturday. Ooh. As good as I always remember...
3: get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
5: Core Jewelry!
2: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories.
3: The biggest surprise on the depth chart to me was the three defensive transfers, Landon Jackson, Latavius Brinney, and Dwight McLaughlin not being listed, any of those three as a starter. Sanders, the only one listed as a starter from the guys that came over defensively, if I remember that correctly. There might be one more that I'm missing, but that's what stood out to me, what stood out to you.
0: Not a lot of surprises um, on this step chart. Maybe you could you could pick apart some of the number twos. I mean, you know, for the last week or two weeks, Coach has been given quite a few clues as to, particularly on the offensive side, I think we knew who it was going to be. I don't think it's a surprise, but Ladarius Bishop gets the uh, the nod over Chavis as the one at the, uh, at the other corner spot. Hudson Clark going to start at the other. That could be an area where we could see some change over the next few games.
3: JP texting, and he says he could see Dwight, and he goes by Nudy McLaughlin working his way mm-hmm. into a, spa, a starting spot. So it seems like some people are not believing in Hud Island, Tommy. Well, Hud Island been a he, he's gotten picked on.
0: I mean, I, I think he's made a uh, he's he's lived a long time on those three interceptions against Ole Miss a few years ago. I had none last year. So, I mean, if he gets beat and they do pick on him, there's going to be a change made there.
3: I liked what I saw from him from fall camp and what people were saying about him in fall camp. you got to remember, here's a kid that came to Arkansas as a walk-on. Both his parents went to the U of A. And Highland Park, one of the best schools in all of not just Dallas, but the Texas area, he played like four- and five-star receiver each and every week. And if you go watch – and listen and, and look at the stats he was holding these guys to their season and career lows in high school it was insane and you hope that he'll continue to progress as a cornerback and in that defensive backfield for Arkansas this year because again it's what I said last segment you don't have a Monteric Brown on this team that we know you had a luxury if you're Barry Odom last year where you could put him on the best wide receiver of the opposing team outside of Jamison Williams and John Mechie, who torched Arkansas all day long. And you were probably going to be okay. Yeah, He had five interceptions last year. You don't have that on this roster that we know about right
0: now. All right, so that's our Morning Rush Daily question brought to you by Red River Dodge and Heber Springs as we welcome... Bruce Stanton of the conversation from Pradco Fishing. That's the thing about you know a guy like Hudson Clark, the way Barry Odom likes to play, which is keep everything in front of you, not a lot of press and man-to-man stuff. A guy like Hudson Clark who plays, you know, by all accounts, pretty good technique and may not can go step-for-step step on speed with some guys and match up as well, but does a lot of the things right, can fit into a defense like Barry Odom's trying to put on the field.
6: Well, I think Arkansas has had a history of guys that might not, line up step for step. There, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have played linebacker like that. Uh, but the heart, the being in the right place, the desire, I mean, we've seen it the last several years. Uh, I think I think there's a lot more than a stopwatch and can you run a 4-3, can you be in the right place at the right time, and do you have the heart to get in there? And Arkansas has developed a tradition of uh, developing players like that. I guess for me, when I look at the team – uh, I'm I'm not a died in the wool hog fan, but I'm interested to see, you know, Hornsby, and I've heard you talk about where he's going to end up at quarterback depth, Tommy. Uh, he's second on the depth chart, mm. quarterback, but where are they going to use him? How are they going to get his talent, his speed on the field, game-breaking speed, uh, special player, but wh- how are they going to use him? I guess that's that's what I'm interested to see. Will, will that come out against Cincinnati, or are they going to save that uh, for an SEC game?
0: Yeah, and I I don't say I'm confused there, but Cade Fortin was such a a he came ahead in the conversation when they were talking about quarterbacks and depth when compared to to uh, to Malik Hornsby. So I just wonder hey, if you know if something unfortunate happened. To KJ, or if they needed a longer-term quarterback, would it truly be Hornsby, or would it be Cade Fortin? Who do they trust to run the system? And I'm not saying there's not packages and things you put Hornsby in for, but if someone had to take the team for a half, who who gets that knot? I'm I don't think that's as easy a call that Hornsby gets it, but I'm just basing that solely and completely on. You know, press conferences and things that we've seen the last couple of weeks come out of the coaches' well, mouths. I
6: would, I would guess if KJ catches a cramp and somebody's got to go in and take a couple snaps, there's got to be some trust with Hornsby. Sure. that he can take a snap and at least run a single wing or hand the ball off, and, you know. But, but yeah, if you have to have a whole half and you have to be able to execute, you know, a third and ten, maybe Thornton is the guy. Yeah.
3: What was the deal the completion percentage? KJ was at one, Cade was at two, and, and then – Malik was at three, if I remember that right. Is that, so that's the percentage. Is that not just a motivation factor that these coaches are using, Tom, with Cade Forden? Because I think if it rolls out, there's no, Malik,
0: let's go. If for some reason KJ can't start and couldn't play against, let's just say Missouri State, let's make it a little more plausible. Something happens in week three, he's not going to be able to make the start for some reason against Missouri State. Is it Hornspears at Fortin that starts with a week's preparation leading up to it? So you think there's actually debate? Because I don't even think there's debate. I don't I think it's just Pittman. Hey, I may be wrong. I mean Pittman. I'm just going on what coaches were saying ten days ago. Sam Pittman said
3: at SEC Media Days that there was still a and I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to misquote him, but he said something to an extent that there was still a oh, competition between Malik and Cage. Does and we all anyone? and we all
0: rolled our eyes at yes. that. So okay. I do believe there so, is a competition for the number two okay. spot.
3: How much of it, though? What what advantage? Well, I mean, does Malik we've been given have?
0: very limited access to practices. We've seen none of the yeah. scrimmages, but all again, I'm coming. Maybe I'm reading way too much into what a coach is saying. And I, there was a shift from a lot more conversation, Bruce, about young players early in the camp and mentioning some of the freshmen. But maybe, man, they were they were highlighting and talking about Fortin well. more more frequently at times. I'm just interested to see what what is what is real in that. Now, ho- Honestly, I hope we never find out. I hope KJ yeah, takes every snap. Point. This is personnel management,
6: guys. I mean, you've got to keep everybody happy. And, you know, you're incumbent. You've got to keep him happy and thinking he's a part of it. It doesn't matter how well the guy under him is playing. You know, Malik could have transferred, obviously. Uh, probably could have gone somewhere, possibly got more playing time as a quarterback or as an all-purpose athlete. So, you know, you, you, Sam Pittman, one of his biggest jobs is keeping the whole locker room happy and, that, that's a hard job, <laughs> you and, think? Uh, especially when you're talking about it. I mean, you know, Tommy, you talk about a lot on the radio, but you don't talk about the inner workings of your radio station. You don't talk about who's the best salesperson or who's the best on air. You know, I mean, we all know it's you, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's things you don't talk about in sure. normal life when you're a manager. And Pittman has to talk about that every day, and, and other coaches do too.
0: You think he ever? You ever think he says something and he didn't quite a hundred percent believe himself? Never. You think he ever Never. says something that he's not truly convicted about? Well, just just to keep people happy. Well, you have to you have to uh, say you are going be to beat down, particularly when you are trying to, to, to say
6: you are going for a championship.
0: Well, but, but when it comes to roster management, you are trying to to massage eighty five scholarship egos and twenty more players that, exactly? that want that last scholarship that's open right now, and all of these things that you know. And coaches that are good recruiters do a good job, Ty, of making everyone feel like they're the most important person on the roster. Which you have to do nowadays
3: more than you've ever had to before with the transfer the portal. All Brook stars. Yeah. yeah, but the transfer portal has right? thrown a new wrench where you have to be more cognizant of that than you've ever had to before as a head football coach. This question that you pose, and I think there's an argument to both sides to me, and I think it's more of him... As you just said, kind of pushing Cade to, hey, there's still a chance for you to be the backup. But I'm going to be honest. I don't think this would be a Ben Hicks, Nick Starkle situation. Because it wasn't the deal with that. Craddock wanted one and Morris wanted the other. And there was a feud ongoing. That's at least the optics that we heard. So I don't think, if this happened, and God forbid if KJ goes out, because Arkansas, I mean, you could have the... Fullest of glasses. If KJ Jefferson goes out with an injury, this season is not going to go according to plan. I don't think it's I I don't even think they debate it on for a second. I think Malik is instantaneously, and this is where you and I differ, which is fine. But I think it's instantaneously. All right, Malik, here's the game plan. We're rolling with. Cade, you're the backup. As him now. That's that's my opinion. Again, it's hard for us because we haven't seen a single scrimmage. Exactly. We can't, and we have no idea. The only thing that we are taking on. Is what these coaches have said, and again, the coaches are always going to be positive, blowing up guys, not not blowing up on them, but blowing them up and giving them praise and all these lavish exclamation points, and it's like, yeah. In the day, I just that's my opinion on it. With no, it's a, it's not even an educated guess. It's just a straight, non-educated. I think guess. I think he will get if something happens to KJ or. If
6: they're blowing out Cincinnati or whoever they blow out, he will get the, Malik. Will get the next snap. He will he will go in next because that's the way it's been set up. The incumbent gets it. Now, does he go one series, two series? That's up to him. Did he did he get better? Can he throw a third and eight? I think he'll get the chance to prove that. But if he doesn't, then you got a
0: competition. But Ty, I think you're right. Coaches publicly and privately. Position coaches publicly and privately. Have to be more measured with what they say about every player because of the transfer portal. You know, sometimes you're feeding a little hope here. That they we have a plan for you. We have a future for you built here. You know, remember, Hornsby entered the portal, didn't like what he saw, I guess, and came back. We all... Impossibly it was they offered something, hey, come back and we'll create this situation. But you got to remember, getting get to that portal rarely is the grass truly greener on the other side of the portal for most players. It's it's rare when you look at a player go in from a place like Arkansas and come out in a better spot the other side. It doesn't happen. So, But you're right. Coaches are not only recruiting new players, but they're re recruiting their current players constantly, which has got to be exhausting for a grown man.
6: Well, and uh, Arkansas is one of those programs, I'll say program all major sports that does it well it's a, it's a destination if you want if you're not happy where you are and you can play uh, people are coming to Arkansas the coaches seem to you know be very likable coaches uh, that uh, relate well to young players and uh, on the basketball football baseball side I'd say Arkansas I don't have any data to back it up but it's got to be one of the top transfer destinations just on
3: based oh. on what mm-hmm. you see coming in look at where you plucked them. Oklahoma. LSU, Georgia, Florida State. Alabama, Florida State. I mean, those are not exactly programs that are by the wayside. Florida State maybe, but <laughs> I mean, that's where you got them from these last couple years. Warren comes over from Florida State. Drew, or excuse me, not, Drew comes over from Alabama. You got these guys that were at big time schools and were either playing, and Drew was starting at one point. I think Latavius started some games and then didn't start the others, but a big deal basketball wise we know what Muslims done the portal baseball baseball to me they didn't hit on as many of the big caliber guys this past offseason i think they would have liked i think he'd be open and honest that there would have been one or two of the players that were coming from bigger baseball schools that they would have loved to get but yeah football wise man you just go down the list of the institutions these guys were playing at Hundred percent. Now, if, it, if a four or five star Tennessee ball wants to come over, Bruce, he, I know you're still. You probably we, hate. The, we don't have any. You probably hate that toe toe is a crimson tide guy, <laughs> isn't he? Especially the way that he's he's gonna be good. That's just how it is in SEC football. And Sam Pittman got asked about that at media days, and he's been asked about it since. And he was like, "Well, I can't really be against the rule because we're using it to our advantage." And so I think that's how coaches coaches don't like it, but they're still using it to their advantage yeah i
0: mean i
3: agree
0: 100 percent. i mean yeah i mean look basically made an even swap with lsu this year i mean so it's it's hard to argue that the the transfer portal's bad on one hand when you're plucking players out of it on the other so you know it's just it's part of today's world I i still think these old crusty veteran coaches either adjust and get with today's times or you you do what we've seen some veteran coaches do in basketball in particular you you hang up, and move, hang it up, and move on because NIL and transfer portal. There may be some tweaks, but they're here to stay. They're not going away. Yeah, not so, at all. Anyway. go ahead. What What are you looking for this Saturday? I mean, with Arkansas, I mean what? I mean, it's it's a game that's unusual for game one for Arkansas as far as ranked opponent. You know, we heard Tom at the top of the hour, and he's going to join us a little bit later on in the show. You know, what nineteen eighty? You go back to to having a ranked opponent. In this situation where both teams are ranked. Um, what's important for you this Saturday for you to see about with these Razorbacks? I
6: I think a couple of things that Coach Pittman said this week. uh, If you make 13 penalties like you did against Rice last year, you probably won't win this game. You'll probably not be able to overcome Mm -hmm. that. So that kind of stuck out. Are they going to have the discipline? Yeah, I would think with this offensive line, you're going to have very few holding, very few uh, illegal motion penalties. So I'm I'm counting on fewer penalties and then – for me, I guess the star factor. As I watched the Tennessee Titans this week and saw Traylon Burks catch three passes for 33 yards, catch his first touchdown pass uh, as a pro in a, in a preseason game. Who, who's going to be that elite guy? Who's going to be the dependable receiver uh, to take the place of the biggest hands in college football? Mister Dependability, uh, you know, should have been first-team All-American, and you know, I, I think that's what I want to see. Come out of this game. Who, who's going to ascend to the top of the ranks? Uh, who can get open and who can catch a ball?
0: Art, you've, you've got two teams that return four or five starters on their offensive lines. Who can run the ball? Who can keep the quarterback clean? Who wins the battle at the lines of at the, at the battle line at the line of scrimmage both ways? You know, can Arkansas's defensive line move and and create problems and control? A gap and all the things you, you want to see your defensive line can do against an experienced college football playoff level offensive line from a year ago. And then can Arkansas keep KJ clean when he does drop back? Can they find him some gaps? I think that's an interesting thing about how you got two teams with experienced offensive lines. Do they look that way, particularly the guys in red? They lost their
3: running back last year, didn't they, Tommy? Cincinnati. I believe they that that had, is had correct. Like 1,400 yards or something. I'm
0: trying to remember. Uh, I think it was uh, Quarterback and running back are, are two areas but offensive line is not an area with Cincinnati that uh, you know they gotta, both teams have a lot of returning experience because they got five and
3: Arkansas has four so yeah, yeah they do have that advantage it's Jerome Ford I think was the guy's name if I remember that right he got picked by the Browns Arkansas has this again it's not like this is going to be a cakewalk I don't want anyone to think that but you were talking about like the what what the the matchups are you are so lucky as an Arkansas fan that you don't have to go up against Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. Oh. I mean, you are you are and Ritter too. Ritter's slinging it the other night. You got lucky that Cincinnati got depleted. Now they're not they're gonna not gonna come here thinking that way. But if Gardner and Ritter or Gardner and Bryant were still on this team and you still have question marks about these wide receivers, you can say what you want about fall camp. Fall camp doesn't mean anything until you actually do it on the field. I don't care if it's an SEC opponent or Cincinnati. Did you're you, lucky that you're not having to go up against first and second round guys on the outside when it comes to lining up at wide receiver. Did you see
6: Buffalo Wild Wings has a new sauce named after Sauce Gardner? Really, True fact. Sauc- awesome. It's called Sauce Sauce.
3: How about that? That's a, You can get it, I
6: think, this week.
3: Okay. Might have to... They might have some Arkansas fans if it's... Uh, might have to do that. I know some Cincinnati fans will do it. A uh, lot of scrimmage... I mean, defensive line still the biggest question mark of this football team, man. It's, it's going to be that until... They answer the bell. And they listed, they listed four guys and um, I guess, four positions, eight guys in the depth of the defensive line. You don't know if Barry's going to whip out a 4-2-5 or he's going to whip out a 3-2-6. It'll probably be a, a mix of both. But if Arkansas doesn't have a defensive line, I don't care what they have at the back end of the linebacker. They're still going to struggle at times. This will not be a complete defense unless you can get pressure and stop the run. And to this point, you cannot confidently say that that is going to happen. There's not a single Arkansas fan out there that says, you know what, these defense line, they're going to be salty this year. They're going to be good. You can hope that that's going to happen, but you can't sit here on Tuesday, four days out, and say this defense line, it's going to be, it's going to be a menace because you don't have, you don't have dudes that you're just supremely confident in at this point. You do a linebacker, you do in the back end, you do not on the defensive line at this point. Now that doesn't mean that that's subject to change, but at this point in time, you cannot be 100% confident that this is going to go according to
0: plan, at least on that front four or front three, however they play it this year. Yeah, I think you'll you'll see a variety. they got four listed with two two DNs, two tackles, but they also got a nickel. So I think you'll see more three and, and get everybody kind of in front of you and you know play that umbrella-type defense, and, and that that's just Barry Odom's style. So I think that's a question you're asking, can you get pressure with three? And we've seen Arkansas do that. Are these guys as good as Ridgeway and the guys you had a year ago? We don't know yet, but we didn't think Ridgeway was going to be the player. He turned out to be at least in September. He was he was a man and hard to handle. Bruce that first month, so you know that is an area of the team more so than offense we, we've got to figure out. You know what you really have there. A and M could not
3: block Williams. They could not. Texas couldn't block him. They couldn't block anyone. But then you started playing better offensive lines, and things kind of changed up a little bit. It's got to be. It can't be a a four game stand, it's got to be a, at least a 12 game
0: stand, plus whatever bowl game you play in. Yeah, so I mean, it It will be an interesting, uh, you know, evaluation, if you will. And again, I come back to Cincinnati by all accounts, quality team, truly a top 25 team. This can be one of the best two or three ball games of the weekend in the country. You know, if you come up short, now if you get dominated, it's a different conversation. If you play well and you come up short. I think we gotta pause a little bit. I'm not, you know, you know, already trying to taint it here but but we gotta understand the season isn't lost if you don't win this football game on Saturday. It doesn't mean you're not gonna win S E. C. games. And I know how we are as fans, we're all going to overreact and I'll probably be right in line with you. But we gotta understand that this is a good measuring stick, and if you lose against Cincinnati, Bruce, it doesn't mean you're gonna lose to South Carolina as well.
6: No, and you know, that's the good and the bad of playing a quality opponent. I mean, you could play a low-level MAC team like a lot of SEC teams, or I guess you could go to Hawaii like Vanderbilt did and feel good about yourself, but you you're, you're going to know exactly where you stand against a well-coached, uh, just well-stocked uh football team in Cincinnati. So, this is uh, probably an SEC top-line offensive line you're going to see. It's a it's an elite coach and uh you know you're you're going to get their best shot there's nothing they'd love more than to come in here and uh, beat arkansas so you're going to get effort the whole game and you're you're going to know everything you need to know about arkansas after one game but, but you're right you, know, you you could win your next three or four games even if you lose this game.
3: All right, before we get to Tom, let's talk to JJ, who's right here in Fayetteville. JJ, you want to talk about this upcoming season? Far away.
7: Yes, sir. Um, I just want to see what you guys think. Um, I've never, I mean, I'm 22, I'm pretty young, um, but my years of, i born in Fayetteville, grew up here. I've never seen a Razorback team with more depth than this upcoming season, and I don't know about you guys, but. I believe, you know, if we stay healthy and K.J.'s healthy, why couldn't we go to the college football playoffs? I mean, if somebody's not doing their job, either you know, you look at the defense, you've got all those transfers, you've got Hudson Clark, you've got Blair, Slusher, Catalan, Marini, the McLaughlin, like and then linebacker position, Bump, you know, the Alabama recruit. And then the defensive line I've I've heard, you know. I've been keeping it up, and they just seem to get better and better and better. And then four out of five offensive linemen coming back. Like, is this like a Cinderella story, you think, for Arkansas? Is this the time finally, after, you know, three years of the Pittman era, is this where we're going to take that next step and not just be, you know, a good SEC team, but a great one, and that can compete for the, you know, the
0: West title? Mm -hmm. JJ, it's a good question. When you say depth, I think about two deep or three deep at a position. Now, I think J.J.'s coming from the standpoint as we welcome Tom Murphy into the conversation. Tom's a good place to begin because depth's such a huge factor in being able to go to a championship game. I think when you line Arkansas's first 22 up, their starters either side of the ball, they've got a case to compete. I think it's when you get into players 23 through you know mid-40s or the third string into the 60s, that's where the conversation probably doesn't stack up to the elites of the league, but I think JJ's point: there is depth in the starters, which means keeping everybody healthy obviously is paramount. Good morning, and how are you doing, Tom?
8: <laughs> I'm doing quite well, and yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting uh, perspective that uh, he had that you know there is some depth and all, but uh, it, it is uh, a few positions, D tackle in particular, but also. Um, you know, cornerback. Uh, even though they're talking about they have great depth, I want to see how these guys handle handle the man coverage. But you know, that, that'll play out on the field on Saturdays. But yeah. I just think there's so many tough games. Road game at BYU. Uh, you know, the annual gamut of SEC road games. It's just um, <clears throat> we we saw a very good edition of the Razorbacks last year, and they. You know, they competed in basically every game other than Georgia. um, But they still had a clunker against Auburn. I mean, it's just hard week after week to get up to that level um, that, you know, that Bama has already, you know, established. And so I do believe there's a little bit of a wave of depth between the Bama's and the Arkansas right now.
0: I mean, you just look first at the offensive line. There are five guys that, as Coach likes to say, have played a lot of ball. Uh, four returning starters, and you add Luke Jones. you got juniors and seniors up front. You look after that, and you got three true freshmen that are listed as number twos that, as he would say, haven't played a lot of ball. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so there is depth. There is numbers in places, but experienced quality depth is, I think, a different conversation. Would you agree? Uh,
8: Different conversation. And, yeah, I I think Tykeez Crawford is lineman number six. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, um, I mean, he said yesterday. He said the next group. I mean, I like Chambly and um, Harris and Kudus, and he he said that's kind of the next wave. So th- those are um, you know freshmen, and I know they're going to get better, and they're big, bigger dudes and athletic, skillful O linemen. Um, but to to think that they'd be ready to go wage it in the SEC West right now is. Um, you know, asking a lot of
3: them. Tom, I thought you asked the best question at the press conference yesterday, the one we played at the top of our Open. And you can tell there's a sense of urgency from that team. Playing on ESPN, top 25 matchup. What do you think about the fact that it's been since 1980 that we haven't seen a ranked opener inside of Donald W?
8: Yeah, I mean, schools generally don't schedule uh, a big-time game right out of the chute, it's became, p- becoming a little more of the norm. I know the 2014 Razorbacks opened at Auburn and were tied at halftime, but that team wasn't, Arkansas wasn't worthy of being ranked, and Auburn was at the time. So um, it's it's factors that, that come into play. I go to the Razorbacks and then what does their schedule look like? And, you know, uh, it's, I think the USC year back in five or six, uh, USC very highly regarded and, and the Razorbacks weren't to that level yet. So, um, I think it's, I think it's a great showcase and it, you know, there's competing storylines here. One, Cincinnati, if they lose it, it's like, well, you guys are a really good program, but not SEC quality level. Um, because this is not, you know, a top tier right now SEC program. And then, um, if, if Arkansas can't, can't win it then it's like well are they really built to challenge in the SEC West right now so good competing storylines one of three top 25 matchups on the day so it's going to be well uh, I think there's some national media coming and going to get a lot of great coverage.
3: Tom the biggest feedback that we've gotten from our listeners this morning is why is Hudson Clark listed as a starter and that's what Will wanted me to ask you about that seems to be the the biggest pushing point. Why do you think Hudson Clark beat out McLaughlin, Johnson, some of the other or Kari Johnson, some of the other guys he went up against?
8: Well, my question to whoever asked you to ask me that is, have they been paying attention throughout camp? Um, <laughs> day, day one, day one, Hudson Clark's been with the one. He's the only cornerback who's yeah. been with the ones every day in this camp. You know, Bishop had uh, a hamstring or quad or something that was going on in spring. And so he wasn't himself in the spring. And then, you know, McLaughlin had some kind of nagging thing at the start of camp. And with him, you know, he's a pretty uh, high-strung dude. And they, they, hes it's a guy you just have to keep your eyes on, basically, and monitor so he doesn't, you know, uh, do anything wild. But um, I think, you know, Bishop... Had a lot of run with the ones. Um, Malik Chavis had, had some good run with the ones. And maybe McLaughlin winds up being a starter. But if he does, he, it would be opposite Hudson Clark right now. And he was there in the fastball starts yesterday. But I also think we're going to see a pretty good mix of, of all those guys I just mentioned and possibly even Carey Johnson this year. Yeah.
0: We spoke about this uh, a little bit in our conversations last week. You wrote on some of this over the weekend about Arkansas and the, you know will they have a 1,000-yard rusher, and will um, will KJ be able to throw for 3,000 yards this year? Kind of what's your final conclusion as we're on the doorstep of the season. Does anyone at Arkansas achieve 1,000 yards, and can KJ be the arm that leads this team to 3,000 through the air?
8: Yeah, I think they're going to have somewhat balanced running because I think Dominic Johnson will come back and, you know, on that, you've got two really good running backs between Rocket Sanders and Dominic Johnson. But I also think A.J. Green and Rashad DeBinion are going to get some run this year. And when you, when you add all that together with the fact that, that K.J. is a good runner, uh, it's just hard to manufacture a 1,000-yard season out of that, you know, unless, you know, unless there's an injury or something, and Rocket really has to carry the load. Um, so I'm going to say no on the 1,000-yard rusher. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just my own personal uh, um, hope that K.J., you know, I guess to minimize the chance for injury, that, that K.J. doesn't run as much this year. But the truth of it is, if that's where the read takes him and he he needs to get a run in, he's going to run the ball. Um, I just hope it's not up to 664 yards. Yeah. Um, and, and when I brought that up to Kendall Bryles, he kind of laughed and he said he was cool with winning games, no matter what that took, so – uh, and then on the 3,000 yard front, my projection was a little bit more than the 2676 he threw for, some, somewhere around 2800, 2900, I believe. Uh, but I do believe it's within the realm um, because there's such a diversity of the receiving core now and guys he can trust. The, there's a chance he could get up to 3,000 if he has a, a couple of three really big games. Yeah.
0: What about the offensive line and keeping K.J. clean this year? Will sacks be a problem this year for Jefferson in this offense?
8: Well, I mean, the problem is if you get up to, you know, close to around three a game or something. Uh, Last year, they were 2 points something per game. Um, uh, K.J. was a lot better at getting the ball out or just going ahead and running than Felipe Franks was the year before. So a lot of those sacks in 2020 were, you know, Felipe not releasing the ball sacks. Um, I don't know if they're going to be a problem. It's the timing of when you get them. Like, for instance, the strip sack against Auburn, that was almost like a game-defining type of a play in your own end zone, and it wound up in an automatic Auburn touchdown. Those are the ones you have to avoid. Um, I think there's going to be some sacks allowed. Teams are going to bring stuff. And, you know, in in scrimmage two, Barry Odom in the defense schemed up a a lot of pressures and – uh, Sam Pittman said they had a little bit of trouble covering. This is a veteran front. So, you're not just going to go clean the whole year. Uh, not making it something that, um, you know, you get five in a game or something like that is what you got to avoid.
3: Let's stay on Barry Odom for a sec. They don't know who's going to start on Saturday. He might have a good idea, but has not announced it. Does that make it that much more difficult for Coach Odom? Coach Pittman kind of seemed to to lean towards that yesterday with some of the guys. What did he say? Sweet tea and liquor? Is that what he referred <laughs> to? It yesterday? bringing what to the party. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
8: Yeah. You know, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Because here's what, here's the way Sam Pittman described it. That that Cincinnati Cincinnati has a an attack. And Desmond Ritter was a, a strong runner, too. And so he thinks they're going to kind of fold into what they've done. I mean, Arkansas might see some tweaks out of it, but... If Bryant's in the game, they expect it to be more of a passing-style deal, although he can run. And if Prater's in the game, <clears throat> probably more of an emphasis on the run. And, I mean, that's what Cincinnati <clears throat> was capable of doing last year, including plays that break down. And I think that's one of the biggest concerns for the Razorbacks is, is third-down plays that break down if, if you continue to allow them to move the chains when you've got people covered and the quarterback evades it and – keeps moving the chains, that's the kind of thing you you got to limit in this in this game.
3: Tom, you mentioned Coach Odom's defense having some success that second practice or scrimmage, whatever it was. They're going up against five returning offensive line starters. What kind of different things do you think he's going to mix up to, to get after whoever they line up at quarterback on Saturday?
0: Right.
8: right. Well, we know that Drew Sanders is going to be involved in, in the pass rush uh, because he's got a history of being a good edge guy and you know he's just a great pass rusher, so we know that's going to happen. To me, um, one of the keys on this team is whether or not they can generate pressure. You know whether their ends can beat opposing offensive tackles um, and, and and get in there and, and move the quarterback. Um, these guys don't have great sack numbers, um, but we know they they play hard and, and they're technically sound guys. So Chad Stewart and Zach Williams. And you know Dorian Gerald Jordan Dominic guys like that uh, have got to start producing this year, so you don't have to send uh, extra blitzers to get pressure. And if they can if they can do that, they'll have a first of all. I think Arkansas is going to have a solid defense. Um, if they can generate pressure from four men uh, going, then uh, they'll be all the better for it because that way you can provide a little more. Coverage. You can mix your coverages on the back end better. Yeah.
0: Temperatures forecasted for around ninety degrees on Saturday. No rain as of current in the forecast for game day. Tom, what is your expectation of the atmosphere and what kind of crowd do you think will generate a home edge for the Razorbacks?
8: Yeah, I expect it to be something near along the lines of the Texas, maybe not quite as, you know, uh loud, but I mean in moments of the game, this is going to be a, this is going to be a big time crowd. Um, I don't think they'll rush the field if they win the game uh, like they did against Texas. But um, Arkansas fans, they they know. I mean, the spotlight's on us a little bit this weekend. Uh, it's a big game in terms of the growth of our program. If we can win against the team that was in the playoffs last year and is ranked, uh, just kind of propels you forward into that home opener against South Carolina. So, I expect it to be quite electric with. Um, you know, the uh, SEC nation being here and everything, there's going to be great attention on this
0: game. Yeah, you know, another year removed from COVID, uh, season opener, two ranked opponents, a, a returning quarterback. I, I think you would not surprise me is when when the attendance numbers announced if it was at least larger from an attendance standpoint than the Texas game last year.
8: Yeah, I mean, good point, Tommy. I'm, I'm sure it's a sellout. I haven't seen any like news on this, but uh, if not a sellout now, I'm probably approaching it, and I'm sure there'll be walk-up and great interest. And, um, yeah, I mean, 70, what is it now? 76,000? Yeah, so what do we consider pounds? a
0: sellout now? Is it 76? Is it 80? We know that you can fit <laughs> more than 76 in there. We know that. So I don't know what you consider a true sellout. To
3: me, a to out now yeah.
0: is 80-plus. Yeah, to me, you got to get to 80, and they've they've never done that no. other than a... Garth Brooks concert. I I don't know that they're, they're not going to get to eighty for this, but if you told me there were seventy seven or seventy eight thousand there, I mean, last year Texas was seventy six something, wasn't it? And it? It was the tenth largest crowd. So if you beat that number, I, 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 honestly, that's kind of my expectation, Tom.
8: I, I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, people are high on what this team is and what Sam Pittman has built it into, and um, and you want your team to have an edge against a. A well-regarded opponent that's ranked. So yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that the atmosphere is going to be huge, and uh, seventy-seven thousand plus would be really sweet.
0: And I would say, you know, if you win game one, game two could be that. But with an eleven a.m. start, South Carolina, even with a Razorback win, may not be as large a crowd just because of game time. So could be two great atmospheres and really kind of showcase how that stadium can hold its sound. We still have, don't have a great feel for what the new north end zone can can bring to the party as uh, coach Pippen liked to say yesterday will it be sweet tea or liquor I guess we maybe can find out Saturday <laughs> afternoon
8: yeah I think you're right and I I don't know he's just so such an ease to cover because of uh his his homespun quotes are, are are fantastic and hey week three Bobby Petrino's coming back there's a chance for three really nice crowds in a row to open this season
0: yeah that's a night game so that that Probably beckons a little little more interest from some that like to have the full day to um, <clears throat> prepare for kickoff, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom, good stuff. We'll uh, do it again Thursday and uh, be right on the doorstep. We'll be on the threshold of the season when we chat again. I love the sound of it. Talk to y'all then.
2: Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products.
0: This podcast
2: has
3: been presented by Bet Online.
2: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent subscribe to the hit that line podcast network the best podcast in the natty state just search hit that line wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you by Breeden rv center how about captain crunch's crunch berries with breakfast
3: whoa dad we're on crunch island <gasps> it's john left foot and he stole our crunch quick the zip line He's getting
0: away! Throw our last Crunch Berry! No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch.
2: If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say... I'm okay. When the truth is...
8: I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it
2: in there. Because... If I ask for help...